Welcome to Total Retail Talks, your podcast channel for retail knowledge. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Total Retail Talks. I'm Joe Keenan, the Editor-in-Chief of Total Retail. I'm excited to be joined on this episode by Emily Esner, who is the Chief Marketing Officer of SACS. Emily and I are going to be discussing the recently released Luxury Pulse Survey from SACS. Uh, talk a little bit about some of the findings that are contained in that uh, report, as well as a little bit about the implications for uh, consumers as we enter the holiday shopping season and uh, the busy time ahead. So thanks for taking the time to join me, Emily. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Joe. So let's jump right into it. So SACS recently unveiled its latest uh, Luxury Pulse Survey. So First, tell our audience a little bit about the data that you're collecting in this survey. Sure. So we are very customer centric. We are very focused on being the an expert, you know, certainly among our peers um, on the luxury consumer. And so as a part of that strategy, we speak with our consumers and the luxury consumer set more broadly um, about once every quarter or so. So we spoke with about 1,800 um, luxury consumers. They shop with us. They shop across the industry. Um, you know, and we really we use these surveys to understand their perspective on shopping, on spending, on fashion trends. And so we ask them a variety of questions. Many are consistent um, from survey to survey. Um, some are more topical, um, but really with the intention being um, that we use this we use this information um, to strengthen our understanding of how to best serve our customers and really be, be an expert um, on how to serve them best. So you mentioned surveying not only Sax customers, but the kind of broader luxury uh, consumer that may not yet be a Sax customer. Is that correct? So we're talking to customers that are shopping with Sax, but we know that these customers are also shopping you know, across the industry. And so we think they're a really great um, sample of the luxury consumer um, overall. Okay. Thanks for that clarification. Um, so what were some of the highlights? So you mentioned this is, um, you're doing this about quarterly. Uh you, uh, as we record this in, in late September, um, recently released the latest Luxury Pulse survey. What were some of the key highlights from, from that round of, uh, of the survey? Sure. So a, a couple of things that we were that we were really interested to to see um, that we think have you know direct implications for our business. One was around the idea of fashion inspiration. So we asked a question. A really a whole series of questions, trying to understand better where do luxury consumers get their fashion inspiration? And a piece that we were we were really honestly heartened to see was that luxury luxury retailers are really number one for how luxury consumers are getting their fashion inspiration. So of course, they're also looking at social media. They're also looking at fashion publications, but the number one source, for luxury consumers, for fashion inspiration, how to wear things, how to style, what are important trends. There's actually luxury retailers. Um, and when we sort of step back and think about that, you know, it's it's interesting. My hypothesis there is that it's just, you know, our customers are really busy and it's really easy. So we're able to have both, you know, a really compelling brand story, but also be able to bring that editorial to life. 
and but also be able to transact you know pretty immediately. So it's really simple, really seamless for for customers. And so my guess is that that may be why um, luxury retailers are so important for driving fashion inspiration. It's a really key strategy for us um, as we think about you know sort of taking you know the incredible assortment that we have and really personalizing it for every consumer who's shopping with us. The idea of curation, the idea of being able to, you know, find, you know, sort of various inroads into our assortment for each and every consumer is so important. And so knowing that, you know, not only is that something that we can do, but it's really something that consumers want from us uh, is really exciting. And I think it, it's something that our team is, is really taking to heart and it's allowing us to accelerate our strategy there. Kind of following up on that, Emily, and kind of that inspiration coming from the retailer itself, is that kind of brought to life in the products that you're recommending on site, um, conversations that you're potentially having from customer service and then filtering that back to merchant teams. Talk a little bit about how that um, inspiration is, is taking place from the retailer end. Absolutely. So we, we really think about it as, um, you know, curation and inspiration really being um, you know, central to how we communicate with our customers. So you think about, you know, for example, in an email, giving our customers, you know, specific inspiration around, you know, it is November, we are thinking about what to wear for Thanksgiving, we're thinking about what to wear, you know, for a beautiful fall hike, et cetera, et cetera. And so really giving, you know, specific ideas for customers, specific moments, and then how to dress for them, as well as thinking about, you know, what's trending within the world of fashion, what are they seeing, you know, sort of a, sort of a, around the world on their feeds, et cetera. And how do we take that and make it really understandable? So quiet luxury is something we've been hearing about for a while, you know, continues to be relevant. Um, how do we make, how does, how does a customer really take that trend and make it something that's understandable to them, really put the pieces together. So it's really easy for a customer to understand how to get that look as well as I'm going to, you know, I'm interested in one particular item. Now, what are the various ways that I can wear it? And so that's, that's the sort of idea that we will have within email, within site content, within our, um, within our social, all of our own social channels, as well as something that we'll do within paid media. For example, um, you know, some of the work that we do within video is very much focused around this idea of inspiration and having Saks really be, you know, be a source of that inspiration and a source for, you know, how to find the items that are just right for all of the various moments in your life. So you actually answered what I was going to follow up with in terms of some of those channels that you're distribu distributing that messaging, that inspirational uh, content to consumers. Uh, one more follow up on that, Emily, in terms of why you think that may be is, is it, you know, the trust that you've built up with the consumer, the sack shopper that they come to you first because you've established that relationship with them, whereas, you know, you, we hear so much about all these social influencers and other ways that people are consuming content, but they don't necessarily know that, you know, that that customer or that influencer rather really truly believes what they're telling them or is it just kind of a paid spokesperson model whereas the brand itself has created that relationship is that one of the reasons you think they're getting such inspiration from the retailer itself you know when we talk to customers we always and when we ask them you know what does sex stand for in your mind the largest you know sort of words on the word cloud are always fashion and luxury and so, you know, we believe that we really, we really own those characteristics for for our consumers, for the luxury consumer writ large. And so, I think, you know, sort of to your point, because we, 
because we own those pieces, um, we have we have a lot of trust, we have a lot of authority. Um, and then we're very focused on sort of taking that authority and making it really relatable, really understandable to customers. And so I think it's sort of this, this idea of almost inviting a customer in and helping them understand how do you take this, you know, incredible assortment that we have and really make it right for you. And we give lots of different ways for a customer to be able to find exactly what they're looking for, whether it's through all of that content that I talked about um, or whether it's, you know, how we, how they're able to navigate the site um, and the various curated shops that we feature on site, for example. So I think probably it is that mix of being a trusted brand, a brand that really stands for fashion authority, um, and then having you know really dedicated ourselves over the last couple of years to really owning this idea of inspiration, of relatability, um, and giving customers lots of different ways to be able to find find themselves uh, within within our brand. So you brought about some of the highlights from the latest luxury pulse survey. So you take that data in and obviously then you want to potentially act upon it. So what, um, as a brand at Saks, what are you doing to capitalize on some of the trends that you're hearing and seeing um, in the luxury fashion space? So a lot of the insights that we get here really, you know, they, they help us really accelerate some of the initiatives that we have. Of course, this idea of inspiration is very core to a lot of the work that we do. Um, but when we think about, you know, for example, developing email franchises that help a customer, you know, be able to wear, you know, wear one specific item three different ways, it gives our gives our teams a lot of confidence to know that we're going in exactly the right direction. I think in this instance, it was, um, you know, the insights that we got confirmed, uh, you know, confirmed a strategy that we've been executing on for a while. So really allows us to accelerate. Um, in other instances, you know, whether it's through the luxury pulse or for through other times where we just speak with our consumers, you know, we'll do everything from, you know, creative testing where we're showing them various ads or we're, um, we're running, you know, various concepts by them. And there, you know, it's much more open-ended and, you know, we're, we're using that information to help guide our strategy and help shape, you know, what we think will, will best serve them. So we've talked about the luxury pulse and how that's uh, yielding some really valuable, rich data for SACs. But I, I imagine there's probably other channels and other ways that you're collecting feedback from your customers. So maybe we'll start there. Talk a little bit about some of the other feedback loops that you have with your customers. Sure. So we we do you know a number of other you know elements of market research where we are talking to customers, for example, whether it's creative testing or, you know, testing of various initiatives, that's, you know, very specific, very focused um, places where we want, you know, specific feedback, where we are coming to our customers and actually soliciting their feedback along the lines of the luxury pulse, but, you know, but more targeted, more sort of initiative based. Um, we also, of course, you know, run a, you know, really significant, um, you know, customer feedback process as a part of our overall, you know, customer service and fulfillment experience, uh, you know, sort of centered around NPS um, that we then use across the organization. Um, so understanding, you know, how did consumers perceive our brand? How did they perceive our experience? Where were they happy? Where were they disappointed? And then we have a team that is responsible for taking those insights and then executing across the organization to you know, solve whatever that problem is, getting to the root cause um, you know, of, of a potential issue, or you know, when there is something that's going well, understanding you know, what is it about it that's going well and looking to make that, make that something bigger. Yeah, probably troubleshooting, but also 
finding things that are working and then mm -hmm. leaning into them a little bit further. Uh, yeah. I'd love if you have an example, Emily, of, of something that um, you've, do you've done at Saks based upon the information that you've collected, whether it be from Luxury Pulse or some of those other ways that you're getting feedback from your customers to improve the experience. You know, obviously retailers are competing so much on experience these days, especially in the luxury space. Um, is there something that you can pinpoint or share in terms of an example there? One of the other pieces uh, or one of the other venues rather that we get feedback from our customers, not just surveys, not just NPS, but is actually our, you know, our, our customer service team in and of themselves. We will often hear something isn't, you know, if something is broken on the site, the first place we are likely to hear about it from is the is of course, you know, our customer service team. Um, and so there's countless examples of, you know, look, something wasn't something wasn't showing up right on the site. You know, there was a little bit of an issue with a specific item. And we take that sort of input incredibly seriously and handle it really, really quickly. And so that's, you know, we sort of think about that as really a first line of defense. Of course, we're always looking to, you know, solve those, solve those issues issues even sooner. But the reality is, you know, with, you know, over 100,000 items on site, inherently, we will occasionally run into issues where, um, you know, we're going to hear first from our customers, and we're so grateful to get that feedback, um, and work, you know, incredibly quickly to be able to resolve those issues. And I would think, and you can tell me if this is the case, you're also probably looking on a day-to-day -day basis at, at certain analytics metrics that you're capturing on your site to to see the experience that consumers are having. So where are they potentially dropping out of the purchase funnel? You know, where are they spending more time engaging with content? So you're looking at time on site, things like that to kind of get some of that feedback without them having to tell you directly. Of course, of course. And and certainly, you know, we're, we're understanding selling of specific items, how that stacks up to the views on that item. There's many different ways that we, you know, that we find, um, you know, whether it's opportunities, things that we could, you know, push harder or things that we need to remedy, um, certainly taking a very holistic view, but, but, but understanding that, you know, feedback from customers is of course really, you know, really central and we take it really seriously. So I'm going to bring it back to your world in terms of the marketing team. Um, tell us a little bit about what you're thinking in terms of strategy as we uh, really, as we launch this episode in, in early November, we're, we're at the height of the holiday shopping season. We're really um, in the mix of it now. So tell us a little bit about how you're trying to communicate um, and market to your customer to optimize, um, you know, Saks' holiday Q4 season. So we've talked a lot about inspiration and the critical role that it plays in our marketing strategy. It's very fundamental. Um, but we really marry that idea of insp inspiration and curation with a very advanced personalization um, experience and strategy. We, um, you know, at this point, we communicate uh, whether it's through email, you know, about 90% of our emails are personalized, have some sort of personalized element on them. Um, and personalization is really central to, you know, how we think about making insp inspiration and curation, you know, really relevant to all of our consumers. Um, and so we use something we call Saks DNA, which is 250 plus prescriptive and predictive attributes that we have uh, for every known customer. And we use that DNA 
DNA to be able to determine exactly, you know, the right messaging, the right communication, the right cadence of those communications, um, and of course, personalizing the content itself. And so it's something, you know, really it is for us that mix of art and science. Um, and we really think that, you know, in the end is sort of our secret sauce. As we think about holidays specifically, you know, I think I would be remiss not to mention that we, um, you know, that we started to see some improvement from the luxury consumer, especially at the the higher end. So a customer who has a household income of about two hundred thousand dollars or more, we started to see more optimism coming from them from this luxury pulse. So, you know, fast forwarding a little bit to early November, very optimistic, you know, that that we'll see that coming to bear. How do you think about as you know, not just holiday, but obviously real year round um, acquisition versus retention. Obviously, you want to keep the customers that you have, but you kind of want to be continually broadening that reach. Um, luxury is a, a little bit more of a considered purchase and, um, you know, a, a harder ca category to crack. Talk about thinking about acquisition versus retention and, and how that might factor into how you're marketing to consumers. So, we we spun our digital business out uh, or separated our separated our digital business from our stores business about two and a half years ago. Um, and taking a little bit of a step back, we really focused over over those first couple years post that separation on you know really accelerating our acquisition of new customers. And we acquired about three million new customers over that time period. Um, so really, you know, this a really meaningful proportion of new customers. Um, we feel fantastic about, you know, where that sort of netted us out. And so when we, you know, sort of think about where we are today, we're very focused on driving the retention of those customers who we acquired over the last couple of years. Um, obviously, you know, retaining even at a higher rate customers who we had acquired previously. So we certainly are focused on customer acquisition. It's something where you know inherently, um, inherently, you know, we we invest there. We're focused, but but for you know, if we were to pull our teams and talk to, you know, when push comes to shove, retention is really critical for us. That's where we're spending, um, we're spending most of our time, we're spending most of our thinking. So the reality is that, you know, a known customer who we're able to personalize all of our communication to where we know a lot about them um, means that we're able to, you know, really improve their retention, both from a, you know, sheer customer perspective, as well as from, you know, you know a revenue perspective a lot more effectively. And so when we think about, you know, where are the best places for us to invest, um, given, you know, how, how far we've come from an acquisition standpoint, we're very focused on retention. Yeah, you've set yourself up to be in a good position in terms of acquisition, and then you're, you know, kind of flipping that switch a little bit more to a, a further emphasis on retention. You know, the bottom line benefit there too, as well as you talked about rising acquisition costs. Uh, if you already have that customer in the fold, and you're able to personalize um, the experience for them, they're that much more willing to to trust the brand and shop with Saks again and again. I guess kind of that kind of the thought process. That, that, that's exactly it. And so the more that they shop with us, the more that we know about them, the more we can make their experience even better. Um, it's very, very virtuous. Um, and to your point, we have this amazing trajectory that, you know, that we're at this point able to leverage. Great. Well, uh, I've really enjoyed the time uh, speaking today with Emily Esner, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at Saks. We kind of reviewed a little bit about the Luxury Pulse Survey produced by 
uh, Saks as well as kind of got a feel for its customer, the luxury uh, fashion shopper, and what that means for uh, the business in Q4. So thanks for joining me today, Emily. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. Thanks for listening. For more information on this podcast, please check out our podcast channel page at mytotalretail.com slash podcasts for show notes. Total Retail Talks is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review this podcast. Thanks, and until next time, this has been Total Retail Talks.